and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Jesus, 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 Yeshua, and on and on it goes. That name in whatever language is a name that is highly recognizable. But the big question is, who is this Jesus? It is probably the most crucial question that one can ask. Who is Jesus? The Apostle John in the fourth gospel answers that question. As a matter of fact, he takes the entire book to answer the question, Who is Jesus? If you go back to the next to the last chapter in his gospel, chapter 20, and read verses 30 and 31, you will get his purpose statement, and it is very clear. Listen to John chapter 30, verses 30 and 31. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Wow, what a powerful purpose statement basically summarized in my own words. John is saying, hey, there are a lot of signs that Jesus performed, and I'll talk about that word in a moment, but I've picked certain ones uh, out of all of them, and I wrote them down so that you will come to know that Jesus is the Christ, the the, the Messiah, the promised anointed one of God that has been promised for centuries to come. And that you will know that he is the Son of God, or put another way, God the Son. So John's whole purpose in writing the Gospel of John is to make clear, make clear who Jesus is. You know, um, there are a lot of people uh, down through history that have not believed what John has written. There are a lot of people that have said, for example, that Jesus, he's not God, but, but he, was a, he was a great teacher, or, or he was a, a great prophet, or, or, or he had a lot of uh, really good things to say, but he really wasn't, uh, he really wasn't God. And, and uh, there are even those, uh, and this is very foolish, there are those who have questioned that there was even an historical Jesus. But but I think that that uh, particular uh, argument has been put to rest. Uh, there is so much evidence for that, uh, the fact that there was a historical Jesus. But who is this Jesus? Well, back in the mid-19th uh, century, um, uh, a man by the name of John Duncan, he was known as Rabbi John, John Duncan, uh, came up with something that he called the trilemma. Now, you've heard of dilemmas, but he said this is the trilemma. And basically what he said is Christ is either deceived by fraud or was deluded and self-deceived or was divine. And C.S. Lewis made that popular uh, later on uh, when he said this. He is either a lunatic or a liar or the Lord. He can't be anything else. And you may have heard that. Jesus, either a lunatic, uh, something on the level of a poached egg, or a liar, a deceiver, or he is Lord. 
And so uh, John says he is Lord. And you know, John's gospel, along with all the other 65 books in, in the Bible, are the inspired Word of God. All of those are, and John's book is the inspired Word of God, literally breathed out of the mouth of God, breathed into the hearts of those writers as they sat down and as they wrote that Word uh, that God gave them. And so, this is the inspired Word of God. And so, when we go back to this um, this purpose statement, there are three very specific and important words in the purpose statement. The first one is signs. He says, you know, there are many other signs that Jesus did in the presence of His disciples, but these, these signs I've written. So, the, the word sign is, is, uh, means attesting miracles. They are displays of power that point to a divine reality. Uh, they are, are supernatural acts. It's where uh, God suspends for a moment uh, natural laws and, and overrides natural laws and, and so Jesus did these supernatural acts these attesting miracle signs another word another word in this purple statement purpose statement is this uh, you um, uh, you were given these signs so that you may believe there's a, a very important word believe and and it is obviously starts as an intellectual uh, agreement but it goes well beyond an intellectual agreement. It goes to a surrender of the will. It goes to uh, uh, placing a trust in. You know, I believe that that bridge can hold me. I says I stand on the bank. I state it. I believe it. And in my mind, I may be intellectually assenting to the fact that I really do. I really do uh, think that that bridge will hold me. But I'll tell you, not until I step on it and begin to walk across it. Do I place my trust in that bridge? Uh, I can stand on the bank and say, I believe uh, uh, forever and and never really trust it. The Bible says that the the, the demons, the devils believe and tremble. They they know intellectually, but they are not trusting. And and so uh, John said, these signs are written so that you will believe. You will believe intellectually assent to the fact that Jesus is God, the Messiah, and that you'll put your trust in Him. And then the third word is in, and, the, and, and that believing you may have life in His name. The third word is life. That abundant, eternal life. Versus eternal separation from God, but eternal life. And eternal life is not just a quantity of life later on, but it is a quality of life right now. It is that uh, it is that relationship that we have with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. And so those three key words in that purpose statement, signs, believe, and life, are very important to understand the book of John. Now, if I can go back for just a moment and, and talk about these signs, because uh, uh, we saw in that statement that there were many, many signs that Jesus did. But John chose seven, actually eight, signs. And let me just kind of briefly go through those so that we can uh, understand what he was doing here. The first one is found in John chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 12. And I won't take the time to read that whole passage. And what I would encourage you to do, if you're where you can, you're listening where you can, write down these passages of Scripture and then go back and read them when you get a chance. If you are traveling, if you're driving down the road and listening or, or in a place where you can, 
can't, come back and listen again and write these scriptures down because uh, uh, all the way through, all these passages in John are so very, very key to understanding the book of John and understanding what John was was, uh, attempting to do here as he wrote this wonderful gospel. Well, the first sign is found again in John chapter 12 verses, John chapter 2, I'm sorry, verses 1 to 12. And it is where Jesus at the wedding in Cana, uh, they ran out of wine and Jesus took water and he turned water into wine. And that showed his power over quality. Jesus can determine uh, the, uh, the quality of something. It shows his power over life in general. And this is the first recorded miracle, the first recorded sign that Jesus did. So, I would encourage you to read, again, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, where we see his power over life and over quality. And then the second sign is found in John chapter 4, verses 46 to 54, and it is the story of the healing of the royal official's son. Uh, There was a royal official who came to Jesus, and uh, he said, my son is sick and is is dying, And, and Jesus actually did not go to that person's house, but he told him to go back. His son was well, and and he went back, and and sure enough, his son was healed. And so that showed that Jesus had power over distance, over space. Then there's the third sign, and it's found in John chapter 5, verses 1 to 17. Again, John chapter 5, verses 1 to 17. And this was the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethsaida. Now, look, um, this man had been there for many, many years. I believe it was 38 years. And and he was there trusting in, basically, uh, the, the legend that, uh, that somehow or the other, if he got into the pool first, he could be healed. But along came Jesus, and Jesus healed him. And Jesus has the power over time, and, and, and he can heal. And even though that man waited all those years, in just an instant, Jesus healed. Then the fourth sign is the feeding of the 5,000. That's what it's known as. Actually, it was probably more like 20,000 or more that were, uh, that were fed because it was 5,000 men. It didn't include the women and the children. And that showed the power of of Jesus over quantity because Jesus took those uh, uh, little fishes and loaves of bread, two fishes and five loaves of bread, uh, and and he uh, multiplied those, that little lad's lunch, to feed 20,000 people. The fifth sign is found in John chapter 6, verses 15 to 21. And that is when Jesus came walking on the water and and he stilled the storm. That is his obviously that shows his power over nature, his power over nature. The sixth sign is found in John chapter nine, verses one to forty one, and it's the story of the healing of a man blind from birth. Jesus' power over misfortune. What misfortune do you have in your life? Jesus has power over all those things. The seventh sign is found in John chapter 11, verses 17 to 45, and it is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. 
And obviously, it is Jesus' power over death. But then there was a an eighth sign. I call it a bonus sign. And it was in John chapter 21, verse 6, where after Jesus was raised and the men had gone back to fishing, they'd fished all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus came and told them again to cast their nets on the other side. And they had a large catch of fish. And that was Jesus' power over the animal world. Now, you can look at all these miracles from probably a couple of different perspectives, but the idea is that, that Jesus has all power because He is God. He is all powerful and He could perform all of those miracles because He is deity. He is, he is God the Son. And, and uh, John was making that, that particular point very, very clear. I want to ask you today, do you understand that Jesus is not a lunatic crazy. Jesus is not a liar, a deceiver, but Jesus is exactly who he said he was, and he is. He is God, a very God, and he became man, fully man, and yet fully God. Uh, I I don't understand it, could never explain it, but I 100% believe it. Jesus is God. And why do we believe in Jesus? Because it is through Him, through His death, His burial, His resurrection, uh, through trusting in what He did, the finished work at Calvary. It is through that that we can have eternal life and not perish, as John 3.16 says. So, if you have not placed your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior, the Savior of your soul, I invite you today to repent, to turn from your, your own way, and to turn to Him and believe on Him. And He will forgive you, and He will save you, and He will make you His child. Well, I hope that you'll uh, keep on looking and, and studying and, and, and learning from this wonderful book, the book of John. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.